With Domino's week-long carry-out deal, you can carry out large three-topping pizzas and now medium three-topping handmade pan pizzas for $7.99 each. It's pantastic news. Cut, cut. Puns? You mean pans? Calling all pan addicts for two layers of cheese on crispy golden crust. So grab your panty packs, because Domino's large three-topping pizzas and medium three-topping handmade pan pizzas are $7.99 each. It's pandemonium. Pandastico. Carry out only. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary. Okay, welcome into our latest duly noted podcast. Um, I guess you would call it a postcast because it's post the NCAA final. Is that would you even call it an NCAA final? The NCAA has nothing to do with college football's uh, championship series or bowl series or whatever. But anyway, uh, last night it was uh, Clemson over Alabama. We'll get to that, but I want to talk Florida football first. Um, also, to let you know, we're going to continue with these on Tuesdays. And uh, next week, Robbie Andrews is going to join me. We're going to do an entire podcast together and talk about um, this season and what we saw and what we liked about it and what we our, our opinions were about a lot of things and looking forward and kind of looking at um, you know just what's going on with Florida football. Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about this today, but in the Wednesday Gainesville Sun – I have my final ballot on the AP ballot and my ballot, my preseason speculative ballot for next year that I, that I come out with. Um, I will tell you this, though. I feel bad. I really do. Because I've, I'm sorry, but it's my fault Florida and Georgia tied for seventh. I'm taking all the blame. Because Florida... And Georgia tied for seventh, and I had Georgia one spot ahead of Florida, which means they picked up one more point there, and that was the difference between um, tying or Florida being seventh alone. Now, does it matter? No. You know, everybody's going to want to say, you know, everybody's going to say, hey, Florida finished seventh in the country. What a great turnaround, and that's, that's true. But when I saw that and when I tell my daughter this because she is so into that and we had long discussions about who I should vote for Kelsey's not going to be happy um she's going to get on me pretty good um one other thing before I get into the meat of this podcast our golf tournament is uh we announced a date for June 8th out at Ironwood uh we're full already um Again, I'm counting people who always play in it and will eventually get me their checks, but it, it filled up in two days. It, I've never seen anything like it. And um, anybody who, in fact, talking on this show, on, on this podcast, got us one of the great prizes, or actually a, a bunch of great prizes from Verizon, and I'm hoping that happens again. Um, so anything, anybody with any interest... And uh, donating prizes or being sponsors for any of the stuff for the Bob Dooley Invitational, the 25th, and probably the last one. Uh, we're about spent on this thing. Um, it's a long story why, but I, uh, it's not 100% yet. Okay. Anyway, the benef- it benefits Stop Jones Cancer. So come on, come and talk to me. I got all, you know how to get a hold of me. It's not real hard. All right, let's talk Gator football. And the reason I'm doing this is because. 
you know, the, the, the dust is settled. You know, we know what, what Florida's got coming back now. We know what they've got pretty much recruiting-wise. There could be a couple of more. Um, if there are, they may have. there may be somebody that transfers out. Um, but this, we pretty much know what that roster is going to look like now. And I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, optimistic about this roster. Now, I will say this. For next year, and I think Florida's going to get um, high expectations, high vote. I would tell you that I would think, I would bet Florida will be ranked in the preseason eight, somewhere right around there, which um, I don't know if it's good or bad. Because, you know, you want your program to be highly thought of, but at the same time now, oh, we're going to play number eight ranked team, you know, when they go to Kentucky, it's number eight Florida. Um, Some teams handle that well, as Alabama and Clemson and teams like that have all year or for several years. Uh, Some teams struggle with it when they get the high ranking, as uh, sometimes LSU gets into that boat. We, We saw that this year when they played Florida. Um, my, my point is, if I'm making one, and I'm not sure I am, I think Florida is going to be a top 10 team. I, I keep looking at all the way too early predictions, and they all have Florida in the top 10. And that's great. And that shows you what they've done with this program. Um, now, I do look at schedules when I'm making my uh, picks for – what I think it's going to be, uh, where, where teams are going to finish. It's more like, it's not so much, here's where I think they should start. It's how I think they're going to do next year. Not everybody agrees that I should do it that way. Some people think you shouldn't worry about that, but I do. And I look at Florida's schedule, and it's a lot harder. Um, and, you know, you could look at it this way. You could say, hey, how do, what do you mean it's harder? They had Miami. Woo. I'd, Colorado State or Miami, which one do you want? The way Miami finished, of course, and fired its coach. Not, I don't know if you want to say fired. His coach, their coach left because they wanted him to fire his son and change his offense. So Mark Richt out there. Uh, bring in Manny Diaz. Okay. I, I'm not sold on that in any way as a great hire. I mean, Manny Diaz, we don't know if he can be a great head coach. Uh, we don't know um, – you know, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent convinced he's a great D coordinator. I mean, he it, it seems to be sporadic, you know, uh, with him. Like they're they'll be good and then they'll not be not be good. Uh, at any rate, so Miami replaces uh Colorado State, let's just say, and Auburn replaces at home, replaces Mississippi State. So you could say you could make this argument that the schedule's not really that much tougher. You could say, hey, look, Miami stinks. Have you, did you see them play this year? Did you see their bowl game? They're not that good. They don't have a quarterback. Um, they got a defensive co- coordinator now for their head coach. Um, so that doesn't mean their offense is going to be anything special. Um, yeah, I like Florida's chances. A neutral side game was probably more Florida fans than, than uh, Miami fans in Orlando. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be overwhelming, but it certainly will be more. Um, and it's, uh, you know, Miami's just has been struggling. Florida seems to get have the momentum going. And then you take Auburn and Mississippi State. At Mississippi State was one of the hardest games I've been to for, for a Florida team to win with that, that noise versus Auburn at home. 
But there's other things to this, and I'll get to them right after we take our first break here on the duly noted podcast at Gatorsports.com. The Gators are definitely on a roll under Coach Mullen, and next year should be even better. Winning is great for the program, but not for everything. Did you know what winning also does? It creates difficulty finding hotel rooms around game day. Oh, no. Most hotels triple their normal rate and charge at least two nights minimum. What? And if the Gators really start winning, everything will be sold out way in advance. No! No! Have you ever thought about owning your own place in Gainesville to use for you and your friends and family on game day weekends? Call Betsy Pepin, the top realtor in Gainesville and sponsor of the Dewey Noted Podcast at 352-226-8474. And she'll help you find that perfect place for whenever you come to Gainesville. And when you're not using the place, she'll Airbnb it and take care of all the details. Betsy makes it easy for you to enjoy game day weekends instead of paying five-star rates for a one-star motel. Own your game days next year. Call Gainesville's number one realtor, Betsy Pepin, today. 352-226-8474. 352-226-8474. Okay, now, let's, let's get back to the schedule part of it. Um, Auburn versus Mississippi State, I, I, I think it's almost a wash. The fact that you get Auburn at home uh, certainly is better. But Auburn, it, 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 nobody knows. They're an X factor. They're a total X factor. Now Gus Malzahn's calling the plays. Oh, I'm scared. Um, you know, they've got – they had a guy come back that, that was a big um, defensive lineman that came back. I, I, his name I'm blanking on, Davis, I believe. Uh, that was a big get for them too. Okay, get it. I get it. I get all that. Uh, but Auburn, there's no reason to be overly optimistic if you're an Auburn fan right now, I wouldn't think. And breaking a new quarterback in the swamp, I mean, versus going to Starkville against a team that was losing its mind and clanging cowbells, I'll call that a wash. I'm not uh, Miami though versus Colorado State or whatever you, is an upgrade in the schedule, but where it gets more difficult is on the road. Now Florida went undefeated on the road this year, true road games, and that was impressive. Um, they were fortunate they got to play Tennessee before Tennessee even had any idea what kind of team they had. They were fortunate Keyshawn Vaughn got hurt against Vanderbilt. They were fortunate FSU sucked so bad that it was you know. That FSU team couldn't have beaten very many Florida teams. Let's put it that way. Not just this year, this year's, not many of them. Maybe last year's, maybe the four and eight team, maybe o ten and one. Not many others. Okay, that's a bad team, bad, poorly coached. But um, this year, you got to go on the road to Kentucky. We just saw Kentucky beat Florida this year. So that's going to be tough. They're going to be they're going to be fired up. Uh, you know they lose a lot. Benny Snell, obviously, um, you know Josh Allen, and uh, they they're, they're going to lose a lot of players. But they they've recruited pretty decently. Anyway, my point being, that's a tough game. The the is is the game there tougher than the game was here this year? Um, it may, that may be a little bit of a wash too. Uh, but you have to go to Missouri where you never play well. The one game you won was when Will Greer's last game as a quarterback, and I believe the final was 21-7, and seven points came on a tease Tabor pick six. It wasn't like Florida played great football that night. 
you've got to go to LSU, which we all know how tough that can be. And um, I'm blanking out on who where the other road game is. Missouri and yeah. Uh, who do floor play at home this year? Um, ah, my brain is gone. Uh, all right, so Missouri, LSU, Kentucky, and another game. I, I can't. I, I can't think of it. Anyway, but the point being, you have four road games in the SEC and only three home games in the SEC, and obviously, they still have to play Georgia. Uh, in, in the neutral site game, as we all know. Okay, so no big surprise there. Uh, but it, it, I think it, it is a tougher schedule, my point. Of, can I, I'm, I think I'm finally adding all this up to get to a point, and that is that Florida's schedule will be tougher this year. Now, on the other hand, I like that Florida's where they are as a program a lot more right now than I did last year, right? A lot more right now than I did last year. South Carolina was the other team. Golly. And that's, you know, that's not – South Carolina was a weird team this year. I don't know if that's going to be a tough game or not. Um, but I, you, you got to like where Florida's program now is now versus where it was a year ago at this time, obviously. They've got a better roster than they had this time last year, and they've got a um, – Better understanding of what's expected. They've they've had a full year to develop players, and it's only going to get better. Hard at work yesterday. Um, so, all that said, we just want to kind of go through the position by position. I know Robbie did kind of this in the paper, but I'm going to do it more like um, what I think of the positions right now at quarterback. I, I would say Florida right now is a B team, um, and and they were a D last year. Okay, they're a B. I mean, I'm sorry, seventeen. They were a B. They were a B right now, going forward, and it could be a B plus, and it could even be in the A minus area if Felipe Franks continues to take steps. You know, what we don't know about Felipe is this: his ceiling. Is this as good? And he had a great year. He got booed, and there were times when when he didn't see receivers, and we all know that. But this may be as good as it gets for him, or another year with this offense, another year of understanding what Dan Mullen wants out of him. It's very possible he takes another step, and maybe it's another big step. And next thing you know, we're going, you know, I I can see some Heisman voters voting for him. I'm not going to even say that word again when Felipe Franks in the same breath. My point is, you, then you add in the fact you've had Emory Jones with a year, Jalen Jones, who's a who's going to, you know, he's very raw, and um, you, I wouldn't expect him to play. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Trask. I guess he's going to stay or stick around. It gives you somebody there as well. I like that room. The quarterback room's good. So was the running back room with Lamichael P. Ryan. That was the one I think Gator fans should be most happy about when you talk about players returning. Um, you can make an argument David Reese is more important because David Reese is the, the kind of the play caller for the defense. I never really thought he was going out, uh, but P. Ryan was a guy with running backs have that short life in the NFL, and I thought he might be a guy who says, you know what, I, I need to get started on it, which is what Jordan Scarlett did. Uh, but him coming back was big, and um, you add in, you know, 
obvi- obviously uh, a lot may depend on Malik Davis and how he comes back from his injury. If he comes back at anything close to 100%, wow. Um, and then, then you have Damian Pierce, and then you got the guys you're bringing in. I mean, running back room's loaded. I give that a B plus. Wide receiver, Robbie and I were talking about this. He, I, I said, we said A minus, and I went, you know, the one thing that I haven't seen or that I'd like to see is a, is more of a deep threat. Now, Cleveland can run. There's no doubt about it. Jefferson can run. They need to get the more balls to them deep and, and do a little more of what Alabama does. And that is they will pound you and then hit you over the top. Um, that room has a chance to be great. When you have Van Jefferson, obviously Hammond and Swain, and some of the young players they have coming in, Cleveland, Tony, has a chance to be good. The offensive line, total question mark right now. Um, they're going to have numbers. Can they get the guys to mesh together? Can they get players? Now, one thing I like about it, this offensive line, is that they've had a year to develop these guys and to get them physically ready. I think they're going to be okay there. The question isn't can they be okay. It's like that commercial – um, and I, who, who, what is the commercial for where the, the doctors almost, how you feel about this? How's this doctor to work with? Okay. That's what I feel about Florida's offensive line right now. I think they're going to be okay. Okay. is not going to cut it. If you, if you're trying to get to a higher level and, and it's a big mystery right now. Can they be great? Can they be real good? Like I wouldn't call this offensive line. Great. I thought at the end of the year they were really, really good. And I thought overall this offensive line I'd probably give about a B minus two for the season. Um, and, and it got better. At one point it was a low C. Uh, defensive line, I think Zuniga coming back is big. You know, Polite's the guy you knew was gone. There, were, there didn't seem to be much question about it. But there was some concerns about him, Zaniga, and Schuler, and them, those guys coming back. I like their defensive line. Probably a B plus. Linebacker obviously losing Voshan Joseph uh, hurts because he was your best big play linebacker. However, uh, you got guys that can potentially fill into that role, and also Voshan wasn't the great greatest at covering guys. Tight ends got open on him all the time. I'm not, I'm not ripping him. I hope he does well. He'll make an NFL special team. Um, there's no question about it. Uh, but it, it, it's not a huge loss. It is a loss because he did make a lot of big plays. I don't think he was consistently a, a great football player. I think he was a, a okay football player. Uh, when you add in all the big plays he made on, on defense, on, on sacks and stuff like that, it took him up a notch, took him up a level. And then in the secondary, I, I said this in the paper today, if Marco Wilson can get back to where he was and you've got him and Henderson at the corners and now you work in Trey Dean as a kind of a nickel guy, you work in Amari Bernie as a nickel guy, uh, you've got safeties, I, I think secondary could be really good. So you put all that together and it adds up to about a B-plus roster, a B-plus, uh, and then you add this – special teams in which uh, Robbie and I were talking about special teams McPherson what a year he had didn't have to kick a lot of really giant kicks um and of course Tommy Townsend will will take out the two blocks against Michigan um 
But the one thing that do, does slightly disappoint me, just slightly, is that early in the season we saw block kicks and nice runbacks, and it kind of faded. It got a little, I think, more conservative on the special teams, not going after as many kicks, uh, a lot of fair catches, not you know worrying about um, getting a big return. And and I you know. I don't mind that as long as you're not giving it up on the other side. In other words, you're not allowing big returns. You're not allowing kicks to get blocked. So, you know, to be honest with you, to go – that's I gave the special teams a D grade on the uh, Michigan game. You got two punts blocked. Uh, that's a D grade. I don't care what – and nothing spectacular happened. All this rambling, I know. It's been crazy. But I just wanted to get all that out there about this Florida team for 2019. It's a long way away, I know. And we're already jonesing a little bit for college football because it's all over. But uh, there's a lot going on, as we as we know as well. All right. I'll tell you what, I'll take a break, and then I will come back, and we'll talk about Monday night football, Alabama-Clemson, what I saw, what I think, and um, what my daughter thinks. Because it's, it's, she knows football. In fact, she should get on this podcast with me. All right. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Okay, um, all right. I, I was, I, I'll be honest with you, and, and I think a lot, I think what percentage of the SEC fans do you think were rooting for Clemson last night? I would say it was in the high 70s. I think there were some, maybe higher, I think there were some fans of different SEC schools who, you know, SEC, SEC, they want the SEC team to win so they can brag about how good the SEC is. But I think more of them are like, they're sick of Bama, they're sick of Alabama's uh, dominance, they're sick of... uh, Saban dominating TV. They're sick of the fine bomb show and, and what's going on there. I, I'll, I will tell you this. I can't wait to watch it today. Um, and they were just ready for Alabama to lose that game. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that's about the percentage. And, and I was one of them. I was like, it wasn't that I was sick of Alabama. It's just that I, I kind of like wanted to see somebody else win more than anything. And Clemson being a, a bit of an underdog, you know, I was rooting for them. I, I couldn't even explain it, really. At any rate, the game was won. In the, but look, Trevor Lawrence was amazing. Uh, he had some he had some really bad throws and had some really great throws. Certainly showed great poise. I think Tua is still dealing with injuries and was not the same, quite the same guy. But the bottom line was that game was one in the trenches. There's no doubt about it. And um, their ability to get pressure on him and then their ability to block um, on passing plays, Alabama's very good defensive line was, was huge. 
The fake field goal, I, I just don't – I don't – so I have no problem with the call. I have problem with not calling it off. And we saw this with Kirby Smart when against Alabama when he went with the fake punt and they knew it was coming and they were ready for it and he didn't call it off and instead they, they, they turned the game around, right? Uh, this – was a I, look. I get why you would want to do something drastic like faking a field goal there because you need to score a field goal. It's not going to cut it, and you don't even know if your guy can make it. He's he's got doink ability, um, but at some point when you see Clemson's not even rushing, they got like three guys on the line of scrimmage. Everybody else is playing linebacker. You got to say call it off, call it off, timeout. Let's get the offense back out there and go for this first down. Um, that now Saban says some one guy didn't block somebody who was supposed to block. I'm sorry. I no. No, it was a, it was a it wasn't a bad call. It was a bad thing to not call off. Uh I don't know if it would have made any difference, but uh it certainly was a uh you know, let's face it. Uh, Clemson's really 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 good. And the funny thing is, a lot of us didn't see a lot of Clemson this year because their games were kind of blowouts and you know, uh, a lot of them were the same time of, of Florida games. I didn't see a ton of Clemson this year. I knew they were good. I did see the, the Syracuse game, um, which was a heck of a game. I did see um, – uh, I didn't see South Carolina one bit of that. But it goes back to this, too. South Carolina – I mean, Clemson – and Alabama both had all the elements to be national championships, national champions. But the one thing that happened, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make this statement, and you can say I'm crazy. And if I make this statement, if I went on a fine bomb show, oh, it, all hell would rain down. Tua Tonga Viola cost Alabama the national championship. You know how he did that? By being really good. Because I am, I will go to my grave believing this, no matter what anybody says, that Dabo made the change because he knew he needed dynamic to beat Alabama. Because Alabama, now this was Alabama at the time. Now he might have been able to get away with Kelly Bryant last night. I don't know, but at the time, what Alabama looked like was a team that was unstoppable on offense. When he made that move to to get uh, Kelly Bryant out. And I said that at the time on a couple of TV or radio shows that I felt strongly that's why you make the move. You go to this guy who's more dynamic offensively. And, and I'm not saying he's not a better player. I, there's no doubt he's a better player. But as a true freshman, are you ready to make that move when you've got a chance to win a national title? You only do it if you know you need to do it to beat Alabama. And I, I be, I'll believe that forever. That that's what happened there. So by being so good, Tua actually hurt hurt his own team by being good. Does that make any sense at all? Maybe a little. Um, so that was the end of college football season. It wasn't a great game, certainly. It wasn't a um, – I, I got to be honest, wasn't, wasn't a great season for college football. There were great games. There were great moments. There were great performances. Uh, but again, we had we had a uh, we had no close games in the um, playoffs. Uh, a lot of bad bowl games, and I go. I want to just reiterate something I wrote about today. About 
I don't believe, and I, I don't even know if I made my point in the paper, but I'll try to make it here. Everybody always says, well, that team didn't want to be there. They didn't want to show up. They didn't, want to, they didn't show up. They didn't want to play. They didn't want to be in that game. I don't believe that's it. I believe that if you're playing against a team that's your talent level, and that's the way it, it, it works out in the bowl games, Georgia and Texas are playing. They're pretty even talent-wise. Probably Georgia has more. But when you're playing anybody that's got the same talent as you, regular season, bowl game, wherever it is, you've got to take it up a notch. You have to take it up a notch and practice. Urban Meyer is the guy who really taught me about how important like Tuesday practice is. You know, I never worried about practice. As long as nobody got hurt, I didn't care. If you didn't practice well on Tuesday, you probably weren't going to win the game. And you've got to take it up a notch in preparation for the game, in film study, as players and as coaches. And, you know, they had to deal with Mel Tucker leaving. And by the way, uh, now Jim Chaney has left Alabama. They've lost both their coordinators. He's gone to Tennessee, which is interesting. But the point is, it's not that a team didn't go or, or, or didn't want to be there and didn't show up. It's that they didn't want to take it up a, a notch. If you don't take it up a notch, you're going to get beat and you can get beat bad sometimes. You know, that's just the way it is. That's the way it was with Michigan. It wasn't that Michigan didn't want to be there or didn't want to play hard. Yeah, were they disappointed? You get over that. I know guys bailed on them. And, I, you know, the guys that were there, though, I think wanted to play hard. Just didn't take it up a notch. Didn't take it up a notch in practice, I promise you. And didn't take it up uh, in the game. So uh, that's college football season to me this year. While it was a lot of fun here, wasn't that wasn't as great as you you hope it would be? That's my final thing on that. And then uh, finally on that, they came out the uh, ads uh, came out and said, Let, hey, "We're not expanding the playoffs. Back off." Everybody wants expanded playoffs. We don't want it. Presidents have to vote on it. They're a long way from even talking about it. So you guys just get used to four. And here's the thing. I think, like, I've got different opinions on whether it should be four or eight or four or six. Sometimes one day I feel one way, one day I feel the other way. Um, You know, especially when I hear Notre Dame wants to go to another game. They want to add another game to the plate of their uh, players. Um well, shouldn't shouldn't you be able to enjoy that that time off? I mean, you're fortunate that you could get into the playoff without having that. I don't think I the, the only reason not to expand the playoffs, really. The only reason is health and well-being of your student athletes. Everything else all makes sense. And I know well, because Notre Dame got killed by Clemson, if they'd gone to eight, imagine Alabama against the eighth seed. That would have been terrible. Okay, well, well, I would have watched it. You still would have made a lot more, even more money than you're making now. Um, but the one thing about four is it gives everybody something to talk about. Because the reveal of the four – right up to the very last one, is always much anticipated and everybody's excited about it. And and then when we get to the playoffs, everybody's talking about whether they should go to – who should have gotten in five and six and should have gotten in. And then, then when one of them stinks, like Notre Dame did, you go, 
ah, this is why five should have been, you should go to eight so you don't. Look, there's a flaw in everybody's system on this stuff. That's what I think. That's what I say. Um, all right. Did I, I, do I need another break? I, I, I guess I should take one right here. Take a break. Come back, and we will talk about Florida basketball and three things. You're listening to the Duly Noted. The Duly Noted? No, you're listening to Duly Noted at Gatorsports.com. All right, uh, back on the Duly Noted podcast. Um, appreciate everybody for clicking on and listening. And uh, I, like I said, we're going to keep this going right through spring, the final spring game, or the or the spring game, I guess I should say. We're going to go right through that and um, then take a little bit of time off and maybe come back at some point, but still kind of working through that. We're trying to come up with a, some other ideas too. Robbie and I are, are even talking about doing a 20-minute second podcast um, when spring practice starts and and do one once a week there. So we'll, we'll see if we can get that. We try to get that sold and see if somebody wants to do that. Okay, basketball. It hasn't been good. Uh, that game sat, uh, Saturday was depressing as heck for any Gator fan. Uh, you have the game won. You're up 14. You've had multiple double-digit leads, but you just – don't have the intensity and the competitiveness to finish it out, and the way it ended on Silva's slam there after he got he sealed off Cavarius Hayes, and Florida didn't had the wrong the defense they had in the guys didn't do what they were supposed to do. It, it just that was the game Florida had to win. You win that game, and okay, there's your one your one and zero. Let's go. Let's see what we can do now. Let's go to Arkansas and see what we can do. Nah, now you're like. I don't know how many games they're going to be able to win. I don't know if they're going to get to four or five wins right now. And I'll tell you what, and, and I'm not trying to be a naysayer, the team I'm watching right now, the team I watched Saturday, ain't winning more than five or six games in this conference. They are not. They are just a mess because mentally they're weak. And I don't know why they're so weak. I don't know if maybe – look, one big factor – uh, there's there's three guys obviously that they really miss. One is Chioza for, because Chioza got the ball up the court fast and got him in the offense quickly, and was uh, such a high energy guy. One of them is Igor Kolachov who could play every position and did the right thing and did it exactly. You could get away with so much with him at six five center sometimes. He is certainly miss and I can't help but wonder and I don't have the inner workings I don't know I am just speculating totally whether whether uh Dusty May being gone taking a job at what was it FAU uh if if they miss him maybe they he was a I don't know voice of reason not voice of reason so much as a great counselor and they're trying to figure that whatever the reasons whatever's wrong with this team Mike talked about it today, and it was he was pretty pointed in his comments, basically saying these guys I can't get through to them. I don't know. I don't know what the older guys, not the young guys, the older guys, Jalen Hudson, Kayvon Allen, Keith Stone. They he can't get through to them to get them to do what they need to do. 
here's what we need you to do. Okay. Um, I guess I, know, I forgot to do it, didn't I? Um, hey, when, there's, when, they're, when they go into a half-court trap, you've got to be aggressive. Um, well, how much time's left in the game? I mean, he is so down right now on trying to, trying to figure out a way to get them to put the effort in, to be mentally strong. I, I just see a team that's mentally weak. And look, Kayvon is the perfect example of it. He just it's almost like he goes into a into a zone where he just oh look at the pretty flowers. You know, I don't I don't think I have to dribble anymore today. And I know that's I'm I'm exaggerating everything, but here you look at this the game Saturday. He goes four for five in the first half. Okay? Their gators are in good shape, they're in the lead. Four for five. Second half takes one shot. One shot. He's your best shooter. He's your he's your best player. Supposedly, does nothing. I don't know what. Well, I, look, the kid is very quiet, very shy. We all know that. It's been a four year process with him, and every time you fall in love with him, he kicks you to the curb. Every time you think, man, this guy is so good, he he's just doesn't show up for a game. He gets invisible. You forget he's in the game at times. And I'm not trying to be mean to him. He just doesn't have that makeup. And I don't know if, like, I don't think it comes, I don't think it, it may come for a game. Maybe the fact they're playing Arkansas, it shows up back in some state. But it's not, there's nothing that, that would indicate that for the next 17 SEC games, Kayvon Allen is going to play with high-level intensity and commitment and competitiveness every minute of every game he's in there. There's nothing to believe, no reason to believe that. And I, I, Instead, I would believe the opposite. I would. It, it is just like a literally a roller coaster of emotion with him. Yeah, plays really hard. Oh, now he's not. And it's, it's frustrating for... Um, I know for Gator fans right now, that was a frustrating loss. But um, we'll see. We'll see how, where they go from here. But it's not uh, – I'm not optimistic, I can tell you that. Um, oh, you know, one thing I totally bl- lost over, because this was something my daughter said to me. We're sitting there watching the game. My daughter's 17. She loves college football. Um, and she said this to me during after about – nine or ten minutes of the Clemson-Alabama game, she turned to me and she goes, I kind of see see it now. I go, what? She goes, why we have no chance to win a national championship right away. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Alabama and Clemson play a different sport than where Florida and most of the country is. You can make an argument that Ohio State Oklahoma, Georgia are, are kind of on the verge of maybe getting in there, but they're not even there. Georgia is the closest thing. But, hey, you know what? Georgia, what they did against Alabama and, law, and blew those two games the last two years, that's one thing. How do we know Clemson wasn't a better team anyway? I know, I know Alabama beat Clemson last year. I know all that. But I'm just saying she could see that, like, these – these guys are really, really good, and they are. Anyway, I thought I'd make that point. All right, let's get to three things. 
It's time for three things. Number one, Friday night, 6.45 p.m. in the O'Connell Center. It's time for Lady Gator Gymnastics. All right, I'm going to pump them up a little bit because uh, this is the number one recruiting class. Um, I've talked about it with some people, and they're pretty good. I don't know whether they can compete for a national title or not, but as we all know, they draw. This is the third biggest sport at the University of Florida in terms of attendance. Third biggest. So um, people are going to be out there. Now, I do tend to think people more or less are more interested. Those The people who go really care, and a lot of it's they take their kids and everything, and the people who don't go glance at the score and, and, and whether they won or lost. Uh, I abs- I'm absolutely – I love covering gymnastics when I when I do get to cover it. Um, it's just they're so they're so nice. They're so much fun to talk to. They really are. So I encourage you if you're in town um, Friday night, uh, got a basketball game the next day against Tennessee. Do the double dip and and head out there. It's not very expensive, I don't think. And uh, watch a little gymnastics. Open the season with Missouri. Missouri beat them last year. Uh, stunner. I think Missouri is 23rd in the country this year. So you have that. Number two, I, I, I saw this stat and I and I don't even know if I sh- – I don't think I really double-checked to make sure it's accurate, but I, I saw it two different places, so it must be, that Xander Shoffley, who won the tournament at – was it Kapalua, I guess? I, I watched two minutes of it. I, I didn't care. Um, it's, I, I've become, I've become a major snob. In other words, if it's not a major in golf, I'm not really that interested. Unless my man Billy Horschel's in the middle of it or it's a TPC. That's about it. I, I, I just can't sit and watch golf anymore. I'm, I'm got more, uh, there's better things to do, I guess. Anyway, he won the tournament. I think it was his fourth win and that's as many as Ricky Fowler's won. And you start to think about it. Is Ricky Fowler the most overrated golfer on tour? Um, you know, I think you know, he gets the lead. He's got the lead going to the final round. Never in the majors, never follows through. I like Ricky. Seems like a great guy. I've interviewed him a few times. I mean, he's made the most out of his promotional stuff. And, I mean, nothing. I have nothing against him, but to, to four wins – this seemed like a lot for a guy who we talk about as much as we do. I'm not, again, I'm trying trying to make it a negative thing. I just was stunned by that stat. That here's a guy you can't spell his name. Okay? You can't. I'm gonna try right now. I didn't write it down. No, I'm not even gonna try because I, I I I'll get it wrong. S C H A U No, I, I have no idea. You can't spell his name. Spell Ricky Fowler's name. All right, that's number two. And number three, of course, is an NFL. We didn't talk much NFL here on this show today. We'll do more probably later next week. Uh, but it was fun watching the games. Um, three road teams winning. I was I was rooting for hard for the Chargers. I, I want to see Phillip Rivers get, uh, get to a Super Bowl. I'd like to see that. I have no real – Love for Philip Rivers. I just I think he's a really good player, and I love watching him play. 
Um, sometimes you get, there's a guy you just like watching play and the way he gets rid of the ball. So they win. Um, certainly the uh, what happened with the Bears-Eagles was unbelievable. Ball getting tipped at the line, people losing their minds. Uh, I don't think the Bears were going to get to the Super Bowl anyway. I think they just don't have enough offense yet. I think it's down the road for the Bears potentially. You know, I, I, I can see a path to get to the Super Bowl for the Bears. Um, the Eagles, I don't think, are making it this year either. Okay. Uh, and then you had uh, the one road team I wanted to win didn't, Seattle. So, anyway, it was it was an interesting, certainly an interesting um, weekend of games. And wild cards tend to be that way. It's like I always tell people, you know, the wild cards are great. Wild card games are great and everything. But, man, that second weekend when you have four games and it's, um, you know, all the team, all the division winners and blah, blah, blah. That's that's really the great weekend. But I I would bet if you look at the scores and look at I bet you the wild cards are more interesting. The games are more interesting. It just seems like that to me. And that'll do it. I've talked way too long. Um but I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Yeah, we're gonna trim these back just a little bit now that football season's over. Probably in the 30, 35 minute range. And don't forget, next week Robbie Andrews gonna join me. We're gonna it's going to be a 30-minute radio show, okay, like we used to do in the old days. And it's, we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to tell some stories and uh, talk about the Gators and whatever else is going on. So make sure you join us for that one. Until then, my name's Pat Dooley. I am the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. <laughs>